Take your Bibles and open to Romans chapter 15. I'm not going to preach a long sermon by any means, but I do do want to just kind of encourage you and share with you God's grace and God's sovereignty in, in how he works and how he, he operates. One, we, we've been able to be around a lot of different missionaries in the last two months, from going on our missions trip to having Corey and Ashley here to having Keith here uh, today. And, and one of the things that Carrie and I have been able to witness over the last couple of months is just God's grace and, and his timing and how God graciously allows things to happen that didn't have to happen, but yet God does it in a way that's just a little extra grace for us. And, and what, I, what I found that's encouraging there is that is proof that God loves us as a father, right? Like, like as a father, I want to do things for my children that just bless them. Right, Not because they deserve it, not because I have to, but just because I want to bless them, I, I find myself doing little things just to bless them and love on them, right? And, and so for, for Nadia to get saved and to be able to be baptized at the same time that God allowed the entire family to be there in Ecuador, that God didn't have to do that. Right, that mean they would have celebrated Nadia's salvation and baptism if it was just you know Keith and Joel and Nadia, or if Nadia had been at camp, got saved and baptized, and came home and told them about it. They'd have still celebrated, Amen. But what what a gracious and loving God we have that He allowed that to happen in that timing, Amen. That that's just awesome. That's just encouraging, and so. As I was preparing today, uh, I knew Keith was going to speak, and so we're coming from Romans 15, and, and what we're going to talk about this morning is getting involved in missions, and I knew that I had to cut some things that I wanted to share. One of the things that I cut was Acts 16, and I just thought that was awesome as how Keith used that and read that for me, so I don't have to do that, and, uh, and we're just going to talk briefly about how we can be involved in in the great work of missions. And I want to encourage you that all of us ought to be and have been called to be involved in the work of missions. All of us have been called to be a part of fulfilling the Great Commission. That is not something that is reserved for missionaries. That is the only commandment and task that God has given the New Testament church. And that task has been given to all of us collectively together. Amen? I'm going to do like Hulk Hogan back in the day. Amen? Amen, because I want to make sure we understand that. Too often, I I grew up in a church that was a faithful, theologically sound church, but that church produced the idea that missions was reserved for missionaries, right? And we we didn't go on mission trips. We didn't do mission stuff. We would have, you know, cookouts for the neighbors to, again, come to the church and we'll tell you about Jesus because we're not going to you but we'll invite you to come to us so we can share the gospel with you that was what missions was like when I was growing up and so I never went on a missions trip until I went with some of you to Honduras for the first time uh, partnering with Hepzibah that was the first time I had ever had foreign missions experience and it wasn't that far to go to Honduras thankfully and it allowed us to go and kind of get our feet wet in what it means to go and make disciples but that go and make disciples remember that is a commandment that we're to go to the neighbors that we live beside amen that we're to go to the community rec league that we're to go to walmart and as we are shopping we are looking for opportunities to share the gospel so 
When we think about this idea of getting involved in missions, it's not a, a difficult thing. It's something that all of us have been called to. And here in Romans chapter 15, we find this great uh, illustration, if you will, example of how Paul is encouraging the church at, in Rome as to how they can be involved in partnering with him for the sake of the gospel. So let me give you the context. Paul is writing to the church at Rome, a church that he has never been to personally. That makes this letter unique to most of what Paul writes because most of the letters Paul writes in the New Testament are to churches that he has been to most of whom he has planted himself right so he's sort of the father in the faith writing to his children in the faith to encourage them to reprimand them sometimes like in the case of Corinth and and to Lord and sort of encourage them as a father in the faith Rome is different he's never been Heard a lot of great things about the church in Rome, but has never been to the church at Rome. So he writes this lengthy, lengthy, incredibly valuable theological letter to the church at Rome to help clarify the gospel to them. He spends the first 11 chapters making sure they understand what salvation is and what it means for them. And then in chapters 12 and following, he helps them understand how they can live out the gospel in their day-to-day lives. And so that's That's what Paul's doing. And at the end of the letter, when you get to the end of chapter 15, Paul then begins to make some of his personal plans known to them. And he begins by explaining to them, God has called me to this specific ministry, and it's a ministry to the Gentiles. And Paul says that I have specifically been called to go where others have not yet gone. Paul says in the early parts of chapter 15, I don't go put stuff on someone else's work, right? Like somebody's planted the foundation, I don't build the walls. Paul says, that's not what God's called me to do. That's a valuable ministry, but that's not something God had called Paul to. Paul was to take the gospel where it had not yet been. And so Paul says to the church in Rome, verse uh, 22, this is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. Why? Because the gospel had already been declared in Rome. There was a solid church in Rome. And so Paul had no reason to go to Rome, even though he wanted to be encouraged by the brothers there. And so here's what Paul says in chapter 15, verses 22 and following. He says, this is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you once I have enjoyed for your company for a while. And at the present, however, I'm going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the saints from Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem, for they were pleased to do it if indeed, excuse me, and indeed they owed it to them. For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought to also be of service to them in material blessings. When therefore I've completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain by way of you. I know that when I come, I will come in the fullness of the blessings of Christ. Verse 30, he says, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God 
on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Let's pray, and then we're going to quickly walk through the text. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your grace and your mercy and your sovereignty over our lives. We thank you, Lord, for the little reminders that you are our Father who loves us. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be encouraged by Keith this morning. We thank you for the way you have been using him and his family to, Lord, just bring the gospel to those all over Ecuador. We thank you for the many miles that that car has been because, Lord, those are many trips where the gospel has been declared. And we just praise you for it and we thank you for it. Lord, we've been encouraged by it. Now, Lord, we pray that you encourage us through your word how we individually and collectively as a church can be more involved in what you're doing on the mission field around the world. It's in your holy name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So again, in the text, we're going to look for four ways that we can be involved in missions. Number one, we can be involved in missions by going, right? That's the simplest and easy way, easy, not the easiest, but that is the simplest way that we can be involved in missions, and that is simply by going. Notice Paul tells the church in Rome in verse 24 that he is going to Spain. He says in verses 22 through 23, I've completed the work in this region. I've been to every place the gospel has yet to been to be declared. I've gone from Jerusalem all the way to, to Lithium. He said, Lithium, he said, and now I'm going to go to Spain. And on my way to Spain, since I've belonged to see you, I'm going to make my way by so that I can see you and that I can be encouraged with you and blessed by you. But Paul says, I am going to go. And I want all of us to understand we have all been called by God to go and make disciples of all nations. Remember the Great Commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples disciples right we know that we're supposed to start in jerusalem judea samaria and to the ends of the earth that gives us a couple of things that i think we want to think through one that helps us to understand that god wants us to declare the gospel first and foremost where we are right jerusalem he gave that commission to the disciples because they were in Jerusalem. Start where you are and take the gospel to your community, to your neighbors, out into the community, and further and further and further you go. But also, don't misunderstand what God did throughout the book of Acts. God ensured that the gospel was declared in Jerusalem in Judea, and into Samaria. That was not just a geographical thing. That was a theological thing that God was doing. Significance, the Jews got first, right? They were the God's chosen people. Declare the gospel to the Jews and then make your way a little further out into Judea, to Samaria, and then to the nations. What we have to understand is that the gospel has been declared to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. It's time for us to make sure the gospel is making it to the nations, right? And we can't all start where we start. Like we can't all start at point A or nobody will ever get to Z at the end of the alphabet, right? So we've got to pick up where the gospel has not yet been declared, which is what Paul says his ministry was all about. He was going to places where the gospel had yet to be declared. He was finding those pockets of lostness, whether it's in North America, whether it's in Central Asia, whether it's in Ecuador. He was finding pockets of lostness where the gospel had not yet been declared. And Paul says, I am going. And remember, all of us have been called by God to go. 
Now the question is, how do we know where and when to go? Well, I'm so glad Keith read Acts 16, because that's the answer. You go where and when the Holy Spirit leads you to go. Amen? While you're going to Walmart, you're looking for opportunities to share the gospel at Walmart. Amen? Right? Not, not, being, not being weird. Right? Again, we don't want to be weird. Right? But we're looking for opportunities to engage someone in conversation to see if God opens up that conversation into an opportunity. Right? You're not looking for people that are carrying an umbrella because it's raining, running up to them in the parking lot. Can I tell you about Jesus real quick? No, it's raining. Get out of my way. Right? Don't be weird. Right? Look for God to open up opportunities as you are going about your daily life. And then look for intentional ways that you can share the gospel. Right? As a church, as a community of churches, we are trying to outreach the Corinth Community Rec League. Right? We're, we're, we're taking turns. This week is our week to go and work the concessions. We are intentionally going out there, not because we like serving hot dogs. Right? That's not what I want to do on a Tuesday night, to be honest with you. But intentionally going there, looking for opportunities to share the gospel in our community. Right? But some God leads to go on short-term mission trips. When a missionary stands in front of the church and says, hey, I need help building a building and sharing the gospel. Hey, I need help in engaging this people during this time of the year for the sake of the gospel. And so we have opportunities to go short-term. And then some of us, God may call to long-term foreign missions. Or like Keith and his family, like Jamie and Joey, like Corey and Ashley, God says, no, I want you to be full-time on the mission field serving me in a place that is not your first home. Amen? And we want to be faithful and we want to do whatever the Holy Spirit leads us to do as individuals and corporately as a church. Amen? And so where do you go? You go where the Holy Spirit leads. That might be to your neighbor. It might be to a foreign country. But you go where the Spirit leads and you go when the Spirit leads. Amen? Always submissive to the leadership and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So we can be involved in missions by going. And then secondly, we can be involved in missions by sending. I love Paul's boldness in verse 24. Notice what he says. I hope to see you in passing. I'm not staying. I'm passing through as I go to Spain. And to be helped on my journey there by you. What does Paul say? He says, I'm going to come spend some time with you. And one of the main reasons is because while I'm there, you're going to help me financially get to Spain. That's boldness and that's awesomeness. Amen? Here's the truth of the matter. In order to reach people with the gospel, it takes money. It took money in Paul's days. It takes money today. Right? One of the coolest things about where we are at in technology right now, we can get on a plane, we can go literally anywhere in the world in a matter of hours to days. But those things aren't cheap. Right? It's not, it's not, it's not cheap. It's not, it's not just getting, I mean, I, t- I take that back. Getting in your truck and driving to Walmart's not cheap. Took us a hundred bucks to fill my truck up the other day. Right? And then the next day we filled up Carrie's car for another hundred dollars and thought, wow, never mind. Why are we going to the grocery store? We can't afford groceries anymore anyway. Right? But listen, just, just doing ministry is expensive. It takes finances, right? And if you want to take your family and move to a foreign place and have time to do ministry, then it takes financial support, right? Now, sure, missionaries can go. They can move overseas. They can get a full-time job, and they can jump into the society and the culture, and they can do all that stuff to support their own, but then they have no time for ministry, right? 
And so God has called many to go, but God has also called many to send. So one of the ways that we can be involved is by sending. Now, as a church, we support Keith and his family every month. Many of you in here individually support Keith and his family every month. And so I just want to encourage you to take the opportunities that God gives us to support missions financially by sending those who God has called to go. We do that through Lottie Moon. We do it through Annie Armstrong. We do it through the cooperative program. We do it through fundraisers. We do it through supporting missions as a church, supporting missions individually. But let me encourage you, God may be calling you to send because God has not called you to go to the far places. He's called all of us to go to Walmart. Amen? Like, none of us get a pass. Oh, we don't have to share the gospel. No, no, no. All of us looking for opportunities to share the gospel where we're at. But God has called some of us to go to the far places. Right? And in order for us to get there, in order for others to get there, we have to be sent by those that God has blessed. And so we go, excuse me, we can be involved by going. We can be involved by sending. Thirdly, we can be involved by praying. Notice what Paul says in verse 30. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. Notice a couple of words there. First of all, Paul says strive. He says, says, make this a valiant effort on your part. This isn't just right before you go to bed, God bless all the missionaries. That's not striving. Right? Right? That's not, that's, not, that's not doing it. That's not working. No, he says strive. He says make this a part of your daily prayer routine. Get on your knees. Shed tears for me. Strive together with me in prayer. And then who does he ask for them to pray for? Him. Pray on my behalf. Paul says, listen, there's a lot of people you can be praying for that I'm trying to reach. Paul says, yes, pray for the brothers in Spain that have yet to be reached with the gospel. Surely Paul wants them praying for them as well. But Paul says, before you pray for them, I need prayer myself. I cannot overemphasize how much prayer our missionaries on the field need on their own personal behalf. There are things that are going on in their families, in their lives that can only be overcome and helped by prayer. No amount of money can fix some problems, amen? Because we are not waging a fleshly battle. We are in a spiritual warfare, and therefore we have to engage the enemy through our spiritual means, which is prayer, right? And so I I just want to encourage you. I've never met a missionary that did not need prayer. I've met many, many, many missionaries who were not getting enough support and prayer from home. And, And they're heartbroken, they're burdened, And many of them are at their wit's end because they do not know that their church family back home, their loved ones back home, are striving together with them prayer. But I've also met many who know that they have prayer warriors back home that are praying for them. And they're encouraged because they know that even what they don't know what what they're going to face that day, God's got people praying for them before they ever walk into it. Amen? And so let me encourage you to be praying for our missionaries, especially those that we have relationships with. Jamie and Joey, Corey and Ashley, Keith and Joel, be praying for them because you know them. Amen? Get, 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 uh, sign up for the newsletter. If you haven't, do that. Well, that's not me asking you, I'm telling you, do that. Sign up for that. It's an email. Um, if, if you don't have email in this day and age, bless you. I love you. 
I want to know how you're surviving. I, listen, I'm not on social media, but I'm going to tell you to connect on social media, but I, I can't do that because I'm not on social media. But if you don't have yet email, I love you dearly, and we need to talk about how you're living because I would love to. Luke says, I don't. Never mind. I don't want to be like Luke. Never mind. Take all that back. All right. But, but in all seriousness, sign up for the email. Right? All, all of our missionaries have those little, those little postcards that are over there. Right? Take those. Like, tape them to your refrigerator. Right? Put them on your mirror so that when you're checking to make sure you look decent enough to leave the house, that you remember to pray for Keith and Joel. Right? I'm being serious. Like, whatever, whatever you need to do to make sure that you are praying for them on a regular basis, and not just them, but others, pray for our missionaries. They desperately need prayer. Amen? Pray for our missionaries. And so, so we can be involved by going, we can be involved by sending, we can be involved by praying, and then fourthly and finally, we can be involved in missions by encouraging. I want you to look at what we see in verse 24 and then verse 32, and then I promise we're going to close. Here's what it says. I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you once I have what? Enjoyed your company for a while. And then look in verse 32. He says, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. Here's what Paul says. He says, I'm coming to you so that I can go to Spain. By the way, you don't know this yet, but you're going to send me there financially. He said, but what I really need is I need to be encouraged by you and by your company. And he says, I can't wait to get there after I go to Jerusalem and deliver this offering. Pray that it goes well so that when I get there, I'll be encouraged and filled with joy. But when I get there, I'm going to need to be refreshed in your company. It's awesome. God's been blessing. We had the opportunity to spend time with Jamie and Joey uh, back during uh, Nauru's in uh, April and March. And we got to just refresh them by spending time in their company. It was a small team of us, me, me uh, Carrie, and, and Allie. But, but we got to spend time with them, encouraging them, loving on them, and being their church family to them, right? And, and then two weeks ago, we got to spend time with Corey and Ashley. And we got to refresh them and encourage them. And, and as they left, they were just so encouraged because they had got to be around their extended church family again, right? And, and Keith has been able, by God's blessing, to be here this morning, but not just here. He, he's, he was at Hell's Chapel a couple weeks ago. He's going to, to Bethany Baptist next week, and he's just getting to be encouraged by being around the brothers and sisters that support them and love them, right? And it's an encouragement, amen? It's a huge encouragement, and it's an encouragement for us, amen? We're encouraged. We've, we've been smiling, grinning like a mule eating briars, as my dad would say. We've been happy, right? Because we've been encouraged to be around one another. And listen, that is a huge part of being involved in missions, right? Is that we are able to encourage one another. Because once you get to the mission field, once you go to those far places, it can be a lonely place to be sometimes. And you need that encouragement. And so let me just encourage you. Go, send, pray, and encourage. And I want to encourage you in this. Many of you, are having huge impacts for the kingdom of God, not by going, but by sending, by praying, and by encouraging. And I do not ever want you to underestimate the value of sending, praying, and encouraging. Amen? I know when we get up and we we start talking about missions, it's go, 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 go. I, I don't want to tell you not to go. I want you to know how valuable sending, praying, and encouraging really is.
All of us have been called to share the gospel. Not all of us have been called to go to far places. Amen? And so if you can't go, you can be just as involved in God's kingdom work by sending, praying, and encouraging. Some God is calling to go. And I want to make sure that we are all submissive to whatever and wherever the Spirit leads us individually as families and corporately as a church. Amen? Because we want to do that which God has called us to do. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your grace in us and over us. We thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for uh, just Keith's testimony of how you are working and how you are providing. Lord, we pray that you would be glorified and your name would be exalted among the nations. We pray that for here in Johnston County. We pray that for America. We pray that for Ecuador. We pray that for Fayetteville. We pray that for Brattleboro. We pray that, Lord, for Central Asia. We pray that for the nations, that your name would be exalted because your name deserves the glory do it and so lord we pray that and we ask that you use us as a small country church in whatever way you would have us to be used that you use us for your glory and for your honor that we would be submissive to whatever and wherever the holy spirit leads us that we would go where you would have us to go that we would send that we would pray and that we would encourage lord that we would be involved in missions for your glory and for your honor and because that is the only thing you have called us and commissioned us as a church to be about. And so, Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, I pray for Keith and Joel. I pray for their family. I pray, Lord, that you bless their ministry, that you bless their children, and that you might be glorified and exalted through them. Lord, I pray for us as we gather together now during this invitation that you lead, that you encourage, that you direct us. And Lord, that we would follow you faithfully now. It's in your holy name that we pray. Amen.